just the affront of like how dare you release a Christmas movie on Netflix prior to Halloween, like just the gal. It's another week of the Road to Wadi's podcast. I am here, Nick, the usual host, doing my usual hosting duties with my usual hosting partner, Keely. Hey, everybody. And so we are back with another edition of Let's Talk to the Judges. I feel like by this point, we, we should have come up with like a theme song, some sort of segment intro uh, of sorts, but we'll we do what we have with what we got. Uh, and so... I, I apologize in advance to our guests for not getting a theme song intro. You can make one up for us later if you want. Let me know. I'll add it in. Or I'll send this to our audience if there's someone out there who wants to make a theme song for us and send it to me. But otherwise, we have with us a returning guest who's been with us before. So another person goes in the friend of the show group here. We have with us Leah. Friend of the show. What an honor. Hello, hello. Yeah, all it takes is two call-ins and you become a friend of the show. That's Wow, pretty easy. Yeah, we're we're super friendly that way, and we let uh, everybody come on and and be our friend. I, I feel like that's that's an accurate description of us, right, Keely? No one would say we're unfriendly. <laughs> um, I'm certainly not. Okay, well, you laughed a little too hard <laughs> there. So, uh, we, <laughs> I just, you know what? You, it's your turn to be thrown under the bus. But yes, we're both friendly, in all honesty. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot for that. Uh, okay, so. We're here with Leah, who's back. If everyone remembers from that episode, Leah is the editorial manager. So you work with the Paid Stories program. But for today, you are a judge in the Wadis, helping us out in judging content, which is always great. And so we have a bunch of questions for you. Same as always, we have some questions from the audience that are mostly for us. You also, as per our rules that we've established, are allowed to ask us one personal question. We will get to that one after we ask you hours and see what you've come up with. So I say, Keely, take us away into these questions. Yes. And thank you again, Leah, for, for coming back on. It's been difficult to try to con some of the judges into to speaking on the show. So thank you for being well, they're too a, busy willing, reading. a willing sacrifice. Yes. I mean, well, Leah's busy reading too. I was just going to say that. the kindness of her heart. Yeah, well. Le- Leah's I, uh, ahead of the curve. She's crushing stories. Has the time. That's the so shade good. I throw to the other judges. I like that positive end of the shade yeah there you go (laughs) well speaking of good content um in general just so people can kind of get an understanding of what you like what kind of content do you generally look for and enjoy yeah so in general um i always gravitate towards something uh with a twist or something where you don't quite know what's going on um i'm not a huge horror person I don't like being scared necessarily but I really like being thrilled and I like not knowing what's coming I like uh I like stories that um have this kind of elusive air of you're in a scene and you're really into that scene but it's going to change and you know that but you really don't know how that's what kind of excites me um I also really like really raw honest uh just life content so people slice of lifey, living their lives, the ups and downs, um, but really funny, really raw, and really real. Um, that's kind of the stuff I naturally swing towards. Yeah, you're our resident mystery person in most cases that I remember, but that's also 
you know, calling back to our prior points about setting up twists and everything, as you said, it's like, you know, there's going to be one. Twists aren't about like being completely surprised that there even is a twist. You know, there's going to be one. That's the fun, right? Definitely. Definitely. And what the twist becomes is, uh, I think that's what makes stories so great because it can go either way. The twist, when it, when it's a story like that, where you know something's coming and it's so disappointing, it's so disappointing. But when it's so good, it's so good. And I think that's what I love about these stories is the emotional high is like insanely high. Right. The, you're a roller coaster reader in that sense. So Definitely. as that kind of reader, what kind of things are you looking for, both like in the Wadi stories and just in general? Uh, the beginning is really, really important to me. So whether that's, uh, like you said, in the Wadis or not in the Wadis, the opening line, the opening chapter, something that uh, hooks you right from the beginning, I'm, I'm sold on the first page, typically. Um, and if I'm sold on that first page, I'm going to stick with it. I think uh, what stories do really well is there's more of that throughout. So it's not necessarily a cliffhanger at the end of every chapter, but there's a line or there's a moment or there's something uh, that you keep coming back to every chapter that continues to hook you and continues to grab you. Um, I think something else that's become, especially reading through this batch of Wadi stories, that's become really important to me is the characters. And characters that are so uh, so strong and so established and so unique and have a really fun voice or have a really powerful voice or um, they feel really real. Character development has become something that I never knew I cared about, but as I've read more and as I've watched more and just consumed more content, wanting to root for a character, even if they're the bad guy, um, sometimes it's even more fun when they're the bad guy to like care about someone. I mean, Breaking Bad is such a good example of this where like you're cheering for the villain because he's good, but he's bad and there's so many conflicting emotions. But I think caring about characters uh, has become so important to me and what I enjoy reading. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it like really harks back to a lot of stuff we've talked about in the past too, in the sense that, yeah, a lot of people come for the story and for the plot twist, but you stay for the characters because you've fallen in love with them or they're so intriguing and you need to know what happens to them as like people. And it's not just about the story anymore. And it's, it's about these people's fake lives <laughs> that you're now very invested in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they're like the relationships they're having. And I think the stories that have really stuck out to me in this batch, the voice of that character, it's that person like speaking to me right in the beginning, I am hooked by them. And you are following, you're following that character throughout this whole story. And it doesn't even feel like a story, which sounds so lame and cliche to say, but it's just like you're part of their life for this brief moment in time. And it's become very special. That's awesome. So what have you been enjoying about the Wadi stories in general? Would you say it's it's that kind of new discovery? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think it's always fun to sit with sit with Wattpad and sit with content and it's uh, it's fun to remember and see firsthand how special the platform is and how many different ideas there are. And I think that's what gets me about reading the Wadis is that there are so many stories and they are all so different and so unique and have this special nugget about them. Um, and it's so hard to, it's, it's hard to move on from. You finish a story and you want to like sit with it for a little bit. Um, and you feel that way about all of them. So it makes this judging process such an interesting one because 
usually you can, and usually you can kind of uh, let something sit with you, but it's been really fun to kind of jump into the next thing and realize, oh, I'm kind of in this world now and I care about this person instead. Um, but I think that's what's been so fun about it is just every story feels really new and that feels really rare. Can I actually ask a quick question? So you talk about this like almost like a, like a bit of a, a book hangover. Do you ever find it difficult to move on to the next story because you're still thinking about the last one? Yes, I've definitely had that. I've been combating that by um, like ordering different takeout. So you have like a pizza <laughs> break or a chicken sandwich break in between stories. Um, that's how I've been combating that. But it definitely like it sits with you. And there are stories that I still think about and I still... Um, it doesn't totally go away for sure yeah i i get that yeah I'm, I'm curious about this so is this what you would say you really just like love the most about the wadis or what other things have you really enjoyed about the wadis this year or are you like in general about the contest uh in terms of the content or how it's run or just all of it all of it anything about the wadis um i mean besides you guys is this a leading question the podcast <laughs> Um, what I've really loved about it, I think, is seeing, okay, again, this sounds a little bit lame, but I think what feels special about this Wadis is that it's all of these stories that are, um, that are completed. And it's this community of people who are writing stories or revising stories or revisiting stories of theirs specifically for, uh, specifically for this. And it feels like this giant community, um, that's putting their best stuff out there and the quality of submissions are so high and so good. Um, and I really like, it feels, um, I think the community aspect of it feels really special this time around. Oh, I mean, I'm sure they're very happy to hear that in general. They always love to, f I'm always amazed by their amazement at finding out that like we really love their their stories and we read them for fun and all that kind of stuff there's usually a shock of like oh wow i didn't realize you were all in there reading it's like why wouldn't we be it's fun yeah it is fun and it's fun too like seeing the author's notes of you kind of are following along with the people writing it too so it's as much about the writer as it is about the story of seeing um especially this year of it's been a very weird time and uh, watching everyone kind of navigate that through their stories has been kind of neat. I mean, it's weird to say neat because it's been a terrible year, but you know what I mean. So one last kind of question, at least on this topic, in, in terms of when you've been reading a Wadi story, at what moment do you, like, we've talked about like what gets you into the story, but at what moment do you fall in love? Is it, is it still that kind of character development? I think it depends story to story. There was one story in particular that I'm thinking of where um, the it was the character, how they were introduced to me in the first chapter and the cliffhanger at the end of the first chapter that isn't a cliffhanger in the traditional sense, but it was the way, the story that they had set up was so bizarre, but I was so intrigued and I was in love with that character and I was in love with where the story was going from the very beginning and that only got stronger. Um, but it's not like that for every story. Another one that is top of mind for me, it was it was a much slower burn, um, but it was this really endearing voice and this really endearing journey that this character was going on. And it was really unlike anything else I'd read and it wasn't it wasn't like thrilling me the whole way through, but I was so intrigued by where she was going with this story um, that that one was a, it wasn't a love at first sight in the same way, but I was very there for it the whole time. 
I can feel that. I've had a few stories lately, not Wadi's related, that I've, it's taken like a first chapter or two or an episode or two sometimes if they're a TV show where they like really didn't quite stick the landing, but there's just enough there that I'm like, I guess I'll, I'll read on. And then they kind of gained their confidence and it took off and I'm like, oh no, I get it. Now I'm, now I'm on board. Now it seems like you've got more clarity in this or, you know, there's a lot of stories like that where people fall into those early chapter traps where they want to spend a lot of time like explaining backstory or being really slow before they ramp into the into the plot and so my hope is that people give those a chance my other hope would always be to like edit them up a little bit faster but i do feel that i've been going through that a lot lately of just like giving more stuff longer chances and finding that sometimes they really do find their groove yeah definitely Definitely. And I think of it almost like meeting people is that there's people that you meet and you instantly connect with them. Um, and there's people that you meet that you, that you like, or there's something about them that is intriguing to you and you kind of like love them over time. Um, and you learn their backstories over time and it all comes, uh, it all comes out eventually. And that's how it's felt reading so many stories back to back. It's like starting a new job or meeting a whole bunch of new people at once. It's the same, it's the same emotional experience for me. So this was like a, a dig at our relationship. It took me a long I, time to like you. I see how that is. That's... What about Melia? Did you like me at first? Keely was definitely love at first sight. Yeah, obviously everybody <laughs> loves Keely at first sight. That's not even... That's a waste of a question right there. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why that would be an automatic assumption. No, I liked you right case. away, Leah. Thank you. Thank you very much. See. It's also important for the audience to know that Leah is very cool. Contrary to her saying lame things. Leah is very cool and you need to know that. So. It's, People it's need to be aware. Yeah. We once had a bet at the office of who was popular in high school, and I immediately guessed Leah. And it was correct. <laughs> it was correct. <laughs> correct. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely gotten less not. cool since high school, to be clear, but it, there's still something kicking. <laughs> no, still cooler than all the rest of us, so that's what, what really matters here. Uh, so <laughs> those, are, those are our questions. I, I swing it to you now if you have a personal question for us, or if you need more time, I will get into the audience questions instead. Do you have a question for us, Leah? Okay, are there any parameters for framing this question? Uh, I'm, nope. I'm kind of terrified of why you're asking this, but no. Um, well, I don't have like a specific question in mind. Maybe I do need more time. Hit me with an audience question and then I'll come back to you. Okay, so the, our audience has contributed their own personal question for some reason, but I accept, uh, which is Nick and Keeley, thank you for the podcast, been very informative, fun to listen to. What is your most cherished memory in your life? What a beautiful question. Yeah. They just want to know more about us. So, Keely, cherished memory. Um, I guess one of my go-tos is when I was... I don't have a great relationship with my brother. So, this is probably, like, one of my really good memories with my brother. Um, when I was younger, I really... I saw this uh, unicorn, this magical purple unicorn that came with a wishing locket that had inside of it. And you had to open up the unicorn. And the wish locket would grant you one wish. And I desperately wanted it, and my parents refused to buy me something like that because it was clearly a marketing ploy. Um, and my brother saved up all of his allowance to buy me this toy, which was like the sweetest thing in the world. And then we decided we'd split the wish together, and we both wished for purple hubba bubba bubble gum. And it was his idea to wish on that. And then I closed my eyes and opened them, and he was holding purple double bubble bubble gum and I was convinced magic was real and it was the best day of my life <laughs> and I never enjoyed eating gum so much 
and in that moment he was like the best big brother in the world and I became obsessed with the locket to the point that my parents had to hide it from me because I was so convinced that it was magical um but yeah that's definitely a, a cherished memory that's so oh nice goodness. that uh that unicorn sounds m- more like your uh spirit animal than anything else at this point <laughs> spirit animal is not an appropriate thing to say Nick <sighs> sorry more your Magical totem. No, that's probably still bad. Nope. Uh, your personality reflected in a marketing ploy. <laughs> yes, that's, you know what, that's nail on the head right there. Your future personality reflected in a marketing ploy is is what that sounds like. Uh, or or that was your uh, awakening to your love of purple-haired unicorns, something like that. Uh, I always will think of community whenever I think of that. Um what was my most cherished memory? You know what? I'm going to cheat this one. Uh, my most cherished memory, probably the one that will stand out for the next little while, is, is coming up um, in the form of my wedding. So that will stand out a whole bunch, even though due to the circumstances, it will be a us two and a witness kind of a wedding to just get that signing done. But that will happen. So that will probably be my most cherished memory. That happens, uh, I think, this weekend. So. <gasps> That's wow. so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. It'll be legally binding, but we'll have that we'll have that party later when we can finally have a party. So. Uh, to be honest, I thought you already had the legally binding part done, like back in Well it had yeah, I know, right? We would have, but then it was closed. They um. wouldn't let you in. So yeah. Anyways. Do you feel uh, um do you feel like that's a lot of pressure now that you have to have your most cherished memory this coming weekend? <laughs> Well, I well I didn't prior to saying it. So. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. Uh, no, it'll be it'll be nice and very fast because it'll be outdoors and all masked up. But it'll be nice. Uh, so yeah, that'll be that one. Uh, we have someone asked us a question, a repeat question, not a repeat question. Sorry, a second time asker. So they can be a friend of the show too at this point. Uh, how many entries were there for the Wadis this year? And are some categories more competitive than others? As I understand it, romance, young adult, and new adult have been the most popular categories in the past. Is that still the case? So maybe this was in response to seeing some of the like quiz stuff you did, Keely, on social. Uh, I but mean, that, this that's question coming. was six days ago. So, oh, okay, so they couldn't have possibly known. So anyways, uh, I don't think we can answer that because that's forthcoming keely's working on it right keely we're working on these kind of data questions we are so you will find out via fun infographics later yeah. in the year. fun timing infographics but in terms of just like uh categories that are more competitive than others obviously any c- category that's like extremely populous will be competitive just because there's lots of people involved i think one that that anyone who's in that community will know about is the fantasy community is quite competitive just because uh, not because the community is like competing with each other, but just because everyone in that community tends to really take their content quite seriously and, and put a lot of time and effort into uh, what they create there and, and is quite serious about like fantasy or the fantasy worlds or the rules or all those kind of things. So really we get well a lot of submissions. Too. Yeah. So we get a lot of competitive submissions in the fantasy space. Um, but there, that's like not even a Wadi's thing. Like they're competitive with uh, featured requests and all over the place. So that's a, a smaller genre that is also quite competitive for anyone who writes fantasy um join the competition i guess in that sense uh let's see what else we got i guess this is the question it's 
doesn't have a question mark at the end, I'm going to assume. Opinions on switching point of view mid-chapter, particularly for a genre like historical romance where it is fairly common in traditionally published work. Yeah, do we have any opinions on when the point of view is switched in the middle of the chapter? Sure, I've got a pretty strong opinion on it. Oh, I, I, I generally strongly discourage it. I'm not going to like penalize you, but I find more often than not when somebody does change perspective mid-chapter, it's hard to know that it's happened. Like you have to be super clear. There needs to be like a chapter break. You need to be clear that the perspective is changing. Um, and a lot of times people do fail to do that. And it's, it's easier when you do it like chapter to chapter because usually the chapter heading lets you know which POV we're looking at now. So when it happens mid-chapter, I find people are a lot, a lot less likely to make it clear who is speaking, in which case it can be very confusing for the reader. Yeah, I'll, I, w- I'll, I would echo that probably. I was just going to say the exact same thing you did, sorry. I was literally going to say <laughs> I would echo that. Um, I do think it's hard to do well, and I also think um, it's not always necessary. And it does, going back to this idea of characters, it does take away from that moment you're having with the character and you don't always need that next opinion or that next POV right away. Um, and I think writers often think they're filling in a gap, but they're kind of taken away from the experience uh, or they can be taken away from the experience you're currently having. Yeah, I, as an author, I used to do it uh, a lot more in my content, at least in one of m- one particular story. Um, and so even in that case, I ran by like Keeley's rules of being like very clear, very clear chapter breaks or like line breaks or something. And usually I would switch to a point of view that was like somewhere else in the world entirely. So it's not like the point of view of like the romantic partner A and romantic partner B, that would be very difficult to, to follow. And even then, like now I'm just like, no, it's it's so much easier to just do it by breaking it by chapter. There's no there's no gain, I guess, to Leah's point. Like there's, there's just, I don't find a gain in, in doing it. So I would say avoid it as someone who used to do it and no longer does it's not useful um and it hasn't changed my writing to no longer be able to do that those switches it's all good um that is all the questions though leah so we bought you a little bit of time and now you have to come back with your personal questions i thought of a great one one that i'm genuinely curious about what is your most irrational uh pet peeve just like in general or thing that makes you most irrationally angry Gosh, I have so many little things. Yeah, Achilles is preparing for this podcast with me. Uh, <laughs> is that irrational, though? Wow. <laughs> okay, fair. Yes, fair. we are. Uh, fair shot. So things that make me irrationally angry. Um, I get. I think I've said this before, but I get irrationally mad at uh, poor advertising or just advertisements. Sometimes they're good advertisements, and they just if they rub me the wrong way, I'll lose my mind over them and yell at the TV and uh, Nicole's very aware of me just suddenly going off about an advertisement. But I am actually quite happy to have ads, weirdly, just because I like enjoy that anger. Uh, it's good for stress release to just be like mad at an ad because you're mad at a corporation who's trying to be manipulative. So like there's no there's no villain here. There's no loser at my anger. <laughs> very noble. Um, I would definitely say one of my rational angers, which has cropped up recently, is people stores or anything any sort of celebration of christmas before november 1st makes me see red and not in a jolly way (laughs) mostly (laughs) because i absolutely loved halloween and just the affront of like how dare you release a christmas movie on netflix prior to halloween like just 
the gal. This I just I refuse to watch anything. If I see a store put up Christmas decorations before November first, I will like refuse to buy from them. Like I could get so irrationally mad about it because I'm like there is an agreed upon date in which Christmas celebrations can start, and it is November first at earliest. Um, even though I I love christmas so it's not anything to, against christmas i'm jewish and i absolutely love celebrating christmas i already have all my christmas decorations lights up everything it's it's all done but uh people who start before november 1st can burn in hell wow, wow. that was i <laughs> went to a real dark place at the end for yeah. someone for someone who celebrates christmas as you just said basically purely for the love of christmas but not because of a like obligation I went to a real dark place. <laughs> no, because it takes away from Halloween, which is just rude. Okay, so Halloween. And Halloween's for all chef. people. Right, right. That's fair. That's fair. Halloween is a more inclusive. Uh, well, Halloween's really for like, if you're under twelve or between the ages of, I guess, like eighteen and twenty-five. Right. That's when Halloween is peak. Mm, I agree. I don't know. My dad really loves it, so. Okay, when, once you're a parent again, I'm going to need some parents. We, we should have called a parent into this podcast to let us know how they feel about Halloween and having their kids and dealing with that. So we'll never know. Anyways, yeah. uh, that's Keely's irrational fear. That's or irrational fear. Sorry, irrational anger. <laughs> and that's mine. And Leah, would you like to tell the audience about one of your irrational angers? Uh, yes, I would. I think the most... I think the most irrational one I have is when um, my cat wants dinner and the tone at which she meows at me in is so offensive to me because it's like, do you have any idea how much I do for you? And it feels so rude the way she's asking for food and I know that she's a cat and this is what cats do, but I get so hurt and sad and angry about it internally and uh that's the most irrational one i would say that's so sad i don't I know. know if that qualifies as irrational though that feels pretty rational does it does it looks <laughs> like you have a pretty good leg to stand on i mean my my cat yells at me she doesn't meow at me like waiting for the food she meows at me once i'm preparing the food and that frustrates me because i'm like i'm clearly making it you can clearly see that i'm like scooping it you know what i'm doing but she wants to give me a hard time. Yeah. That that does frustrate me. I feel you. Also, because the audience needs to know, because it's a great name. Uh, name of your cat. My cat is named Potato. Potato. And your but cat is also a huge potato. She is a huge potato. I think the best part about it, though, is when I adopted her, her name was Becca. And it makes me so happy to think of growing up with the name Becca and then someone choosing to change it to potato and you just have to comply with that. <laughs> Maybe that's why she's always meowing at you angry. Yeah, that's a revenge scheme oh my right gosh, there. It's true, it's true. I've ruined it. That's that's yeah. a revenge scheme right there. So okay, we've learned about <laughs> potato being angry. Uh, otherwise, I mean we move into the what you've been reading part of the show as we close it out i actually and... have one kind of question <gasps> from the audience that's not oh. on the thing wait well it's more of like these? discussion point and we cannot talk talk about it we can lead drop it but i thought it might be interesting to discuss so there's always a lot of con and i kind of want to preemptively talk about it too there's always a lot okay. of commentary in the community about like stars winning awards like the wadis or people with you know an ambassador badge or a star's badge or their paid author or anything like that where they are winning awards and like feeling like those people are 
quote-unquote stealing opportunities from other writers or it's unfair if there's too many stars and that kind of thing and I feel like it should get addressed but in my opinion but we can move on if otherwise well okay I mean I will address it from the sense that the common the common question that I think I see I think it's okay for users to feel certainly frustrated or disappointed at the results when they don't like when they don't win, I get that. Like I am also frustrated when I lose at things in general, especially something that's like taken an entire year and and you've poured a lot of effort into and a lot of hope into. So I totally get frustrations. I would always generally say like no one should take those frustrations out on any particular individual, regardless of who they are or whether or not you think they deserve to win or anything like that. Like that's one of the reasons that we don't have the long list and the short list as much this year because that became a major point of contention people were attacking other people for being on the list it wasn't a, a great it wasn't that great community sentiment that we really enjoy so in that sense i'll say like it's okay to be frustrated it's fine to be frustrated at losing you, you really shouldn't take it out on any particular specific individual and to the part about like ambassador stars usually the question that i've seen around this has been something to the effect of like do they have an advantage do they have a leg up do they have anything uh, and the answer to that is unequivocally no, they, they don't have an advantage. They, aside from going through so many different judges that plenty of those judges don't know who they are because only so many of us work with, with stars directly, there are plenty of judges who don't know uh, who that person is and so they'll, they won't have any sort of bias or anything like that. But there's no bonus points. There's no like, oh, they're a star, let's give them a, they get to go through or anything like that. There's no system in, like that in place. We don't have a marker in the back end, right? There's like nothing that indicates where this came from. And and any paid stories, they go to a different section altogether. So that's something different. Yeah. And the other thing I'd like to point out too is that, you know, a lot of those stars are in stars because they're really good writers and they got recognized for the high quality level of their writing. So it's natural that whatever they're submitting like is usually pretty good um you know well so a like, lot of them are stars because they they won the wadis previously or they exactly were shortlisted so this is often a way that they became a star so yeah i would expect that the next time they go into the wadis they they do pretty well for sure yeah that, it and it's not like we have sense. a certain amount of spots that we're only going to take x amount of stars you know it's, it's entirely based on the quality of the writing and we're not going to cap how many stars stories we do or do not let win Yes, and, and similarly with how we take consider people for the stars. All this great content, just because you didn't win doesn't mean you aren't considered. Uh, that can still happen. Stars can still reach out to people um, and still say, like, look, we, you know, we know you didn't win, but we still love your, your story, your potential. As we said before, there's just only so many winning slots. Not winning is not the difference between like good and bad writing. As we were discussing before we started recording this, right? Because we've looked through a lot of the entries. Leah, you're judging them, obviously. So we've talked about like, you know, even the stories we pass on, we're still like, I would love to work with that author or, or I still, I see lots of potential. There's lots to do here. They're just maybe not going to win this time, but that doesn't mean they didn't do a great job. Yeah. I feel like that's a really important point. It's like, um, I mean, to the earlier point that judging is everything I'm reading, I'm reading as a story and I'm responding to it as a story, not to the writer. Um, but there are amazing stories. There are so many amazing stories on the list and uh, not everyone can win. And that isn't to say, like you said, there isn't future opportunities. And I mean, I know everyone's kind of like making note of stories that are standing out to them for whatever reason or uh, stories that feel special outside of maybe this particular um, 
Wadi's run, but yeah. Well, you can speak to this point just so that people hear this. I know this is true because I work in paid or in and around paid, uh, but you can clarify like the judges who are also in paid do note stories that they really like that they would like to consider for paid in the future. Like that is an active part of what happens. That is part of consideration for the Wadis, uh, correct? Definitely, definitely. I know we all have kind of sideless running of stories that uh, stories that we have our, our eye on or stories that have so much potential for paid or have potential if we want to like explore it a little bit further or work on it with the writer a little bit further. So there are a lot of titles that are exciting for different reasons. It isn't specifically this story is exciting because it's going to win a Wadi. Right. There's more to the Wadis than just winning a Wadi, basically, would be the way that we'll get. Uh, okay, so to help wrap up the show, but thank you, thank you, Keely, for having us go into that nice little discussion. Uh, what are you reading? Uh, Leah, what are you reading lately? And the answer, of course, can just be you aren't reading anything because you're too busy reading Wadis entries. That is 1,000% the answer. I am reading Wadis. <laughs> and it's great. Wadis entries all the time. Uh Keely, what are you reading? Um, I have started, been reading a webcomic um, that's really cute. It's called DPS Only. It's on Tapas. It's basically about this really shy girl with social anxiety who has like a super overbearing older brother and both of them play competitively um, on this um, online player game and he's like super famous for it and she ends up going in incognito as like a dude on this team and rises to the top and her brother gets like super jealous but it, it's kind of like a, a self just dis- story self-discovery and also just like you know a really intense look at the gaming industry and how biased it is towards women or against women as it were it's really good oh that sounds really great uh i'm i don't think i have anything new that i've started really i, I mean i'm still reading a, a book on game design and uh i'm i'm trying to read still trying to read we never learn even though i do not recommend it because i'm in that similar space where i'm like look i'm i'm like at this point 90 chapters in i skipped ahead to just like check what the final few chapters look like to just make sure that at least i'm going towards something and i am but it's just taking way too long and so i just like to go through it thank you thank you Kelly. thank you for that <sighs> to end a podcast with a pun on on me my favorite way to do it so, <laughs> i'm so proud of you keely uh, yeah we should have never brought leah on for that reason that she'll encourage puns so uh, always that was, that was a choice i should have seen the guest list and just been like yeah but i'm gonna put a ban on puns so that's that's my fault um, <laughs> but that covers it for this week in terms of what we've been up to uh, and how the judging is going a little bit low-key because it's getting really close to the end i mean we're basically in the home stretch at this point and we are going to be having a lot of discussions now around which stories we think are going to be the final few stories and you're going to see a lot of stuff coming in the week leading up to that final announcement that is coming right keely do we have anything that is upcoming or on the on the docket um some stuff will be shared on social um including a fun invite to come um but i can't say too much all right very secretive very nice build that hype so watch for social (laughs) stuff is coming that's how we'll describe it and we're doing a lot of work on this side it's uh ramping up really quickly here so we will basically all head back to doing a lot of wadis reading and 
building of these social pieces and just watching out for everything. So thank you, Leah, for taking the time out of that tight Wadi's reading to come on here and tell everyone about yourself as a judge. Thanks for having me. It was very fun. I was trying to think of a pun really quickly to sign off with, but I can't think of anything. So thank you. Good. That's it's better this way that you don't have one. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And, and I imagine we will see everyone in a couple of weeks, which will be the last podcast we have before the big announcement happens. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.